We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You hold Devin Wade with you, and welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, or the not just Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, because these are some special days, some special times, and they require a little bit of change with us, a little bit of a sort of modification of what we do, and this time out, we have a great show for you, but if this is your first time checking us out. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I encourage you to go back and listen to past episodes so you can get to know the show and all of the guys and gals that have participated and been a part of it. We are almost 160 episodes in. Now, initially, I broke them down into full-fledged episodes with the special teams unit and briefcast, but you know what? We've done so much. Uh, it was hard to distinguish between, and I, something was lost in the branding, so we just put it all under the, the umbrella of how how many actual shows that we've done so we, uh, we've been at it for a while and again if you have not checked it out go to wageworldproductions.com and go back and listen to past episodes it's all things d-wade so if you're part of the friday express group if you like some theatrical stuff locally yeah we can do that in addition to that you can give us a call the 24-hour sports line at 832-941-6614 that's 832-941-6614 now, the activities are hot and heavy in the NFL. There's so much we want to get into, and we're going to get into all of our normal features in the second half. We'll hear from our resident DJ. We'll hear from our sponsor, Cobank Homes. We'll hear from uh, our DJ, DJ Anarchy. And, of course, we'll get into some headlines on the in the second half of the show. And then we'll get into the We the People segment where I hear from you guys, and I took phone calls from you guys. So, uh, again, 24 hours a day, you can leave a message, 832 We'll have a Lamont Award and before I let go. So all that's coming up. But first, want to get into something tremendously serious. So essentially, I thought to myself, well, since we really can't delve a lot into the sport, into sports, other than, of course, NFL free agency, nothing else is going on. The NBA is on hold. Major League Baseball is on hold. Everything is on hold for the foreseeable future. But the NFL business, not quite as usual, but they're moving forward. And we have a lot to get into with that. But again, the coronavirus is the reason why all of these things are taking place. And I wanted to bring in somebody because I had the platform and I have thousands of listeners. I wanted to bring in someone who can explain some things for you. So I brought in the world's first female space toxicologist. Now, that's a real thing, and she'll explain it to you. I had a conversation with her, and I asked her as many questions as I could think of about the coronavirus. What she is, she works for NASA, has worked for NASA since 2004, I think she said, and she is an environmental health expert and a world-renowned toxicologist. So she has a, a, a understanding of the virus in ways that the layperson doesn't, and she did a great job of explaining some things to me, to you all, I hope, and also in addition to that, uh, an opportunity to dispel some rumors. So we got into some of the, the silly things that people are saying pertaining to this virus. But it's a great conversation. Dr. Noreen Khan Mayberry is, uh, like I said, as a, a accomplished as, uh, as you can get 
And uh, she came on the podcast because she wanted to reach out to you guys. And she was very generous with her time and with her information. So I uh, want to remind you again, again, on the second half, all your sports stuff. We're going to do all of that in the second half. But right now, let's get into our conversation with Dr. Noreen Khan Mayberry. get serious here on this, the not just sports talk with Devin Wade podcast as we talk about the coronavirus with someone who's an absolute expert or I would say as much of an expert as anybody in the world right now Dr. Noreen Khan Mayberry good morning Tox Doc that's that's your moniker good morning how are you I'm great how are you Devin thank you so much for having me on your show well, I certainly am glad to visit with you. I, I'm going into the deep waters for a sports guy, but I, I, you know, I think it's important that we get information out. And I came to somebody Absolutely. that's a, a credible source. Now, one of the things that I read about you is that you are the world's first female space toxicologist. Now, elaborate <laughs> on that. That's a mouthful. Elaborate on that for us. Yeah, so um, the reason that I became the tox doc is simply because a lot of people have a problem saying the word toxicologist. And there are several toxicologists that um, go by tox doc and call each other tox doc because we are toxicology doctors. So <laughs> tox doc is so much easier than being called a taxidermist, which is totally outside of my realm of expertise. And it's easy for people to remember. So even if people don't remember Dr. Noreen, they'll remember, hey, that tox doc lady. So, um, again, toxicology is a medical science. What we do is we ensure, in terms of environmental toxicology, we make sure that what's in the environment is not harming people and their health. We also make sure that what people are producing is not harming the environment. But there are hundreds of specialties within toxicology because it is aligned so closely with medicine, and that's why you know, we're also referred to as medical scientists. Um, in terms of viruses, viruses are toxins. They are viral toxins, and so we do have expertise in um, viruses and their toxic effects on people, on animals, on plants, on the environment. You know, I also have expertise in disaster planning and disaster advances as well as bioterrorism. I was a Department of Health and Human Services um, expert reviewer for grants for years, and I as I am a fellow of the International Congress for Disaster Management, which I got that fellowship several years ago. I'm also a member of Society of Toxicology, the American College of Toxicology, and the um, British Society of Toxicologists as well. Just tremendously credentialed. How did you become the mm -hmm. world's first female space toxicologist, and what differentiates, what is different about right. space toxicology? <laughs> So, um, you know, when you're in space, you can't open a window. So the air quality and the water quality really affects your health immediately. You know, I can tell a person, hey, watch the chemicals that you're exposed to here on Earth, but we've got this dilution effect, so they don't have the health effects right away. If your air quality and your water quality is not good in space, then the astronaut's health is affected immediately and the mission would fail and you'd have to return to Earth. So, um, again, when I was recruited by NASA in 2004, I didn't realize I'd be the first woman ever to become a space toxicologist, so it was a great way to make history um, with NASA. I've been with NASA 16 years, but what I'm saying today has no affiliation with the federal government or with NASA. We cannot use our 
our public titles for, you know, personal gain, even if we are just giving out free information. I want to make sure that people understand that I'm speaking as a professional expert, but not on behalf of NASA or the federal government. We got you. So, um, (laughs) so, so here, here's where I want to go with this. So Mm COVID-19 was this pandemic foreseeable from folks in the toxicology community? Is this something that you uh, could have forecast on some level, maybe not to this degree, maybe more so. Right. Uh, was this something that you could have seen coming? Absolutely. Once we saw what was going on in China, um, you know, several months ago, everybody knew, okay, this is an international, um, this planet does not stand one place. We are travelers, we are global citizens, and we knew that it was coming over. So there was significant amount of time for people um, in with pandemic expertise, with the power to make decisions, those in decision making, with decision making authority to actually affect some change. I think the issue is if you're not in a position of decision making authority, like I can advise all day, that doesn't mean that I have the power to allow the government to move forward to plan. But absolutely, there's definitely, you know, given our training expertise, we could easily predict what was coming on. Now, you might, we may have been hopeful that maybe it wouldn't spread as quickly. But again, um, given our, our training for, you know, which is very sobering, it doesn't allow us to look at the best case scenario. We look at the worst case scenario just so that we can be most protective of people in the public. In Houston and in Texas, we haven't been as hard hit as other parts of the country, and certainly not as much as Italy and China. So what do you tell Mm -hmm. folks here in Texas about the level of anxiety they should feel? Because one of the things I think by getting information out, we can kind of quash some of the anxiety. What would you tell folks uh, here uh, about uh, the the level of anxiety they should, uh, should have at this point? Well, instead of anxiety, I want people to more so take this seriously. You know, the, the reason that uh, the numbers are lower in areas like Houston is because we simply don't have the testing available. There are a lot of people who are asymptomatic, displaying no symptoms that are carriers and transmitters of coronavirus. So once we are able around the nation to get a clearer picture, we are going to see those numbers jump tremendously. That doesn't mean that you become afraid. That means that you take the actions that are in place, which are super simple, to isolate yourself, to wash your hands, to limit contamination from coming into your home. And the reason you do that is not to give up your rights as citizens, but it's to protect your fellow citizen because there are a lot of people who we love, work with, that are friends with, that are family members that are in those sensitive groups, people that are are seasoned citizens, people over 60, um, people with pre-existing conditions, cardiovascular diseases, people with respiratory conditions, people who are getting cancer treatments, people who take biologics, anyone who's taken a hit to their immune system, HIV and AIDS patients. We have to be considerate of all of them because we, not knowingly, I could be carrying coronavirus right now and not showing symptoms. And if I go around someone in a sensitive population, I might accidentally transfer the you know, COVID disease to them and then they may suffer greatly and may not even recover. And so that's why you want to be vigilant. You know, when they when we say wash your hands for 20 to 30 seconds with soap and water, don't worry about making your own hand sanitizer because that is not advised. It's because soap and water does so much to kill the virus 
from your hands. Get under those nails. Clean them out every time you wash your hands. It is so simple, but it's so important. And we are so used to seeing people walk out of bathrooms without washing your hands. But it's not time to do that. It's time to actually wash your hands. And again, that's why you don't want to be out in public, because there are some people who just aren't going to do that. And, you know, this virus does survive on surfaces. When someone sneezes or coughs, it gets into the air and it lands on people around them. It lands on surfaces around them. That's why you want to be vigilant about wiping surfaces. That's why you don't want to have close contact with people right now. It's time to FaceTime. Thank God we have this technology now. It's time to, you know, uh, talk to friends that are, you know, good friends that are positive on social media and stay away from the negativity that's online. That way you can... Go ahead. I want to ask you specifically, what is the coronavirus in layman's terms? Uh, What is COVID-19 and how does it seem to be responding in our bodies? Okay. So a virus at its most basic terms is um, uh, an agent that actually hijacks one of your cells, turns it into a virus-producing machine. So it takes over your healthy cell. It has DNA or RNA. It turns your cell into something that will replicate or multiply, making a bunch of COVID, um, you know, virus cells in your body. So once you inhale it and it gets into your system, it, you know, makes a home in one of your cells and all of a sudden it starts to produce. So when that happens, when you have low levels, you can still walk around asymptomatic, not knowing that you have that virus in your body. COVID-19 is the coronavirus, coronavirus disease 19. That is because there's more than one coronavirus. So this particular one that we are having um, a really strong response to right now is COVID-19. The reason it gave, they put 19 behind it is because we first discovered it in 2019. The coronaviruses are thought to have originated in bats. Some people are comparing it to H1N1 last pandemic, which is the swine flu. The swine flu comes from pigs. Globally, the swine flu only killed about 0.2%. Right now, coronavirus is spreading at such a rate, um, and we won't know the global, the full glo- global um, lethality rate until it's over. But right now, we're between 3.4 um, and 3.7% of people that are dying. Um, from coronavirus. So it is very, very serious. The reason our bodies are reacting the way that they are is because we don't have any antibodies. We have not been exposed to any other coronavirus that is similar to this novel or unique COVID-19 virus. And that is why we must protect ourselves because we have to give our bodies the time to build up those antibodies to actually fight off COVID-19, and we really need to boost our immune system. So when you have a weakened immune system, like our sensitive populations, they are going to react more than other people. They are going to have a stronger symptom, and they may not be able to survive. That's why when you talk about survival rates in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you go to, you see a, a fatality death rate around you know, 40 to 50%, and it gets higher and higher with each decade of age. The surprising thing seems to be how rapidly this thing is spreading. What makes this so much different? What makes this different from, say, I don't know, like Ebola or MERS or some of the other things, SARS, Mm -hmm. some of the the things we've seen previously? What makes this uh, able to, to sort of exponentially hit us at such a rapid pace? And again, you know, we've got that we've got a period where we are. Um, not showing symptoms. Everybody has that period. So it's about a, you know, two week period 
So when you've got people that are, you know, one person meets with uh, another person, those two people separate. They meet with two more people, and it just goes on and on. So you're transmitting the disease, and you've got this quiet period, which we call a latency period or a sleep, what we think is a sleeping period. But that's really when the symptoms aren't showing, but your body is, is replicating and replicating and making more and more of those COVID-19 cells within your body until all of a sudden you're overwhelmed and you have some symptoms. So this is why, you know, because we didn't necessarily pay attention to the fact that, you know, we are such a global society and we weren't seeing the symptoms right away that it was going to come over here through people flying in from other countries. And that's what happens, um, you know, a lot with other, uh, you know, coronaviruses. But again, COVID-19, they're calling it novel because it's unique because of how strong and how pathogenic it is in terms of its response, its um, toxic response in people's bodies. Well, none of us really know, but what do you see the arc of this illness being? I mean, we're hearing eight weeks, and Trump sort of alluded to maybe mm-hmm. in the summertime. Uh, we, none of us mm-hmm. really know, but with your expertise, what is your best forecast for how long will it'll be so disruptive to our society? Mm-hmm. You know, it all depends on how seriously people take the social distancing and, you know, self-quarantining. And this is why some cities are actually going to lockdowns because, you know, France, you look at them as an example, they had 1,300 new cases yesterday. That sounds like a lot, but that's actually going down in the new number of cases. That's because they're locking down the cities and they're forcing people to stay away from each other. And, you know, again, people get very sensitive about that because we have our freedom as Americans. But again, we want to protect each other as well. And Americans band together and we take care of each other. So, again, if it's inconvenient, if it causes, a you know, um, financial heartache now, it's something that's really worth it because you cannot replace lives. Those are priceless. You know, and I hear a lot about, you know, bailouts to, to um you know, private industry, but really there should be a citizen bailout that somebody starts talking about so that American citizens can, you know, get money that we pay taxes into to help us in this dire time of need, because this is unprecedented. You know, politics should not enter into um, health because, you know, it's apolitical. These viruses don't worry about what political party you're affiliated with, where you're from, what your background is. Once you're exposed to it, all it's trying to do is replicate in your body and do its job. That's what viruses do, you know. And this one is a very, you know, almost in, it's 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 almost a perfect design in terms of being able to get into one's body, take over a cell, and replicate and replicate and replicate until it overwhelms the body. The other issue, really, in terms of why we have to stay away from each other, is that we only have one hospital bed per 1,000 American citizens. That is way lower than most countries is houston now, better with that though I, and I, I hear that but in houston mm-hmm. we, we have the, the largest medical center in the world and we have i mean a large hospital community what does that ratio mm-hmm. look like in harrison fort Bend, and, and maybe brazoria county are those numbers well, better think, no well think about this um so again it, it, it's still the same average but in, a, in Houston, this is a very large city. It's not like a rural town where they have a hospital and you don't have a large population. Greater Houston has got anywhere between 1.9 to close to 3 million people when we're talking about greater Houston everywhere. And you think about the hospital beds, you've got about a 65% occupancy rate. 
about 15% of people who get coronavirus are going to need to get into a hospital bed. A certain percentage of them will need ICU. We don't have a ton of ICU beds throughout the Houston Medical Center, even though we are the largest. Thank goodness we're the largest, but again, our population will still overwhelm that. So that's why it's important to pay attention and heed the warnings of the CDC, heed the warnings of your mayor that's asking you to stay away from each other. Don't touch each other. Don't elbow bump. Don't, don't, I mean, because we're, we're sneezing and coughing into our elbows, into at the bend of our elbows, and then we touch them. Have a touchless greeting if you must be around people. Do not congregate in groups of 50 or more. And for people who are um, 60 or over, they say don't even congregate in groups of 10 or more. So that's why, you know, when kids want, my, my daughter wants to talk to her friends. I don't care if she FaceTimes with a group of friends because that's much better than begging me to go to someone's house or asking if someone can come over. You know, it, it, there's a time and place to stay away from each other. And right now, it's definitely a time to stay away from each other. Again, you know, going back to the hospital situation, there's only so many respirators as well. So there are a lot of people who are going to need to be on respirators full time. And you look over at Italy. They're having to make hard decisions as to who gets the respirator and who doesn't. So in essence, the doctors are having to pick who lives or dies. So you don't want to overwhelm the system. And that is exactly why we have to take care. There are so many people in Houston with pre-existing conditions that fall into the cardiovascular category, that have kidney disease, that have diabetes, that have respiratory issues, that are um, that have cancer treatments, um, people with HIV. There are so many people in those populations. And it doesn't matter what age you are, if you are in one of those sensitive populations, you are much more vulnerable to have a much uh, stronger, uh, a much more pathogenic or um, a stronger response to um, the illness than if you were somebody who is healthy. So healthy people cannot be selfish, you really have to think about the people around you and make sure that you're not exposing them inadvertently. Okay, and I'm going to hit you with a couple of quick questions, things that the people have sent me or suggested to me, and I want to ask you about uh, these sort of quickly and kind of run through as many of these as I can. How are they able to treat it? Obviously, no cure yet. How are they able to Mm -hmm. treat the symptoms of COVID-19? So they're trying to um, give people antivirals like they would for the flu, but there's zero approved antiviral for COVID-19. So a lot of times you just give supportive care. So if someone's respiratory system is failing, you put them on a ventilator. So you just try to keep the patient as comfortable and treat them as though you would treat another um, virus. But again, these antivirals are not specific to COVID-19. So depending upon the individual, some might respond and some may not be responsive. And 85% of the people will be able to treat at home. So that's the good thing. That's a, that's, why you want to stay at home because if you do have to get exposed i want you to think of a place where is it in your house or in your apartment that you will be able to isolate so that you don't get other people who live with you sick as well so that's just something to think about plan where you want to isolate i've done that with my husband and we have picked a place in our home where if any of us get sick we are going to isolate Okay. What what about recovery time for someone who, I mean, obviously we know that 4%, close to 4% won't recover, but what is the recovery mm-hmm. time for the 96% who we presume will uh, continue to recover and, and get back to full health? So think about that. It depends on the age group. You know, when I talk about people in their 60s and 70s, when you're going 70s, 80s, 90s, that's only a 50% survival rate. So it depends on the individual. It depends on the pre-existing condition. 
the problem is the symptoms are varying wildly. Some people have headaches. Some people have flu-like symptoms. Some people don't have uh, very strong symptoms at all. Some people are able to just isolate at home and, you know, uh, go through the virus, and it's not very bad. Other people describe it as just like the flu. So I can't give – no one can give an exact range of time in terms of how long it would take to recover because it's been different for various patients. Okay, now what about those who had it and recovered from it? Are mm-hmm. they can they, are they susceptible to getting it again, or their body has developed sort of an immunity to it? So normally, when you recover, you develop enough antibodies that if you were exposed again, it wouldn't be an issue. I have not heard anyone that's recovered who has had a reoccurrence, and we would not expect that. But again, they are also in the process of studying the people who have recovered as well because there's so much we just don't know about COVID-19. Okay, now let me ask you uh, about uh, folks uh, with allergies and asthma. That's I want to, yeah. and, and this is this is about me. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm I got bronchitis <laughs> in January, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. it, I got a little bit better, and then it came, it sort of came back. Got another round of antibiotics and steroids, and so I went to a pulmonary specialist, and essentially said mm-hmm. it woke up a dormant asthma that I had, and so uh-huh. I want to know if I'm good. <laughs> you. I'm you are in a, yeah, you're, you're in a sensitive population. Um, and if you've had bronchitis, you know how painful that can be. So for some people, you know, what they're saying is that COVID-19 is so painful. And those are the people that end up on respirators. So people with pulmonary respiratory issues, like I mentioned earlier, bronchitis falls into that. So you really need to be careful. You don't need to be mixing and mingling with very many people. You want to be as protective as you can. Um, Now, I know you didn't ask me about this, but a lot of people are putting on these dust masks. Those are not protecting you. If anything, the people who are coughing and sneezing are the ones who are supposed to be wearing those because they can catch those droplets in there and not expose others um, to the extent that they would if they were not um, covering their mouth. Um, But that being said, don't waste your time on those dust respirators um, and thinking that's going to protect you and you can walk around safely if you have a um, particulate respirator on. A virus goes right through that um, dust mask and you inhale it. So that's why I want to warn people that it's, it's just a waste of time. There are a lot of really bad rumors out there that I advise against. And I did talk about on my uh, Facebook page, I did a long Q and A and I definitely recommend if you have time, if your listeners have time to go by my Facebook page um, and check that out. Tell folks how to, how to find you on, on Facebook. Okay. And I'll, I'll do this again at the end, but how can they find that page right and right now if they want to go look at it and then we'll give you yeah. the rest of your information at the end. So pinned to the top of that page, it's facebook.com forward slash doctor D O C T O R. Noreen, N-O-R-E-E-N. That's the page where I post the most content. I also post on Instagram and Twitter, and that is just at Dr. Noreen, at D-R Noreen. Doctor is not spelled out on Twitter and IG. But on Facebook, that it's, it's a 45-minute Q&A. I've been getting so much bad information from people. I wanted to dispel some myths, and definitely it is worth listening to. It, it talks about prepping in your house. It talks about why you shouldn't create your own hand sanitizer and and just a lot of really important key issues. And so I would love for people to stop by, ask questions. I may not be able to get to them right away, but I will get back to them eventually. Last few things here. The African-American community more or less equally susceptible to to 
the disease. I, I mean, because the rumor was initially that uh, it didn't seem yeah. to affect African or Africans mm-hmm. really, and uh, any from any one from the African diaspora uh, as much. Is that true? False? What, what is? What have you found so far? So people are thinking that they are immune. Um, and I've had uh, my aunt, who is 87 years old, she's in Chicago. Her caregiver is a young black woman. And she told my aunt, you don't have to worry about me. I'm black. I can't get COVID-19. That is untrue. That's dangerous. And you have to wonder about what source created that rumor that would cause black people to take less precautions and get affected by COVID-19. Melanin in the respiratory system, that is not really something that has been well studied. If a person that happens to have a, um, that happens to be rich in melanin gets over a virus quickly, it's probably because they had a strong immune system. So there are people that in the African diaspora that are getting COVID-19. And the only reason that it hasn't spread as quickly is because, remember, there aren't a lot of tests over there. So a lot of people have this false sense of, oh, it's not so bad in America. It's not so bad in Africa. It's not so bad in South America. It's not so bad amongst brown people. They don't have tests. And until we have enough tests that are sensitive enough not to give false positives, we're not going to fully know who has this COVID virus. So it's important that people keep that in mind. But that is false. It is dangerous. And I hate that people in the black and brown communities are actually believing that. Um, you know, I, I mean, it just for me, when I first heard that, I just laughed. I said, you know, as a biologist, as a scientist, I'm like, really, where's the melanin in our respiratory system? That, you know, there are some melanin cells. But again, that is that has that is junk science at this point. It has not been proven that people with, um, you know, with with melanin are less susceptible to COVID-19. They are catching it at the same rate if they are being exposed to it. Think about the um, ER physician who is currently in critical condition. There's two of them. One is in his 40s. The other one is in his 60s or maybe early 70s. He is a black man and he's in critical condition right now. I'm glad that you're clearing that part up. The other part, the self-tested, these these homemade holding your breath tests. Uh, can we dispel that? Okay. Can you dispel that for folks? Because a lot of people think, oh, I can hold my breath for 15 seconds and not cough. I'm good. I mean, can you explain no. that to people? Yeah, again, you can hold your breath, but as soon as you breathe again, it is about it is about breathing in the droplets that are contaminated with COVID-19. Breathing exercises will not stop you from getting coronavirus. Having a strong immune system will not stop you from getting coronavirus. A strong immune system will help you fight. It may make it so that your symptoms aren't as severe, but these breathing exercises, they're good for your lungs, but actually a lot of people who start to do these deep breathing exercises are holding in place. They're actually taking in larger volumes of air that could be contaminated. So again, it's really it, there's a lot of there's a lot of really really bad rumors out there that you know I talked about that in in the Q and A as well because it it just doesn't make sense in terms of you know why people are you know who is it, who is behind putting out this disinformation to make people you know take risks that they just really should not. 
Final thing I want to ask you is about uh, sort of the conspiracy theory that this is sort of some man-made concoction. And, and again, you mentioned this earlier, and you can elaborate mm -hmm. a little bit that this seemed to have originated from bats. Uh, can you explain right. to people? Because I've heard that it was the wet markets and sort of the the mixing of of different bacteria coming together to forming uh, and sort of mutating for folks who think, oh, this is a man-made thing and this is not real. This publicity stunt. Just, I mean, I know we can't really fix a lot of those people. People, but we can uh, try to put the information out there. So let's look at this two ways. Um, number one, let's say it was a man-made bacteria. Even if it was, it doesn't make it any less pathogenic or virulent or strong or effective. It doesn't make the effect that's going on now or the fatalities go away. So I, number one, I don't believe it is man-made. And I think that, again, those conspiracy theories are meant to um, make people take risks that they should not. And when I said that the co coronaviruses come from bats, with this COVID-19, what they're suspecting is that the um, bats and rats were, you know, uh, they cross-contaminated. There were some you know, dead bats that the rats were eating, and then those rats got into areas that were populated with people, and that's how it started to transmit to humans. Maybe some of those rats were, you know, um, putting droppings or some of them, you know, were contaminating food and surfaces, and that's how we got human transmission. But again, coronaviruses are not new. Coronaviruses are very common. We are exposed to several coronaviruses all the time that we are able to handle just like the common cold. H1N1, swine flu, comes from the pig. We can control that easily with the flu vaccine. There are a lot of avian viruses. Avian viruses come from birds. So a lot of these viruses come from, you know, various types of animals. So, again, that is where we believe that COVID-19 comes from. And, again, you have to stop when you hear these conspiracy theories Who's invested with my group of people or with me not taking care of myself? Is it another country? Is it a group that doesn't like people that are like me? Either way, even if that was, even if those conspiracy theories, no matter how wild they are, even if they were true, you know, the problem is right now we have an issue. We have community spread that is moving at a rate that is much, much, much faster than H1N1 was for the 2009 pandemic. And we've got to control this. We have to, quote unquote, flatten the curve because we don't want, you know, cases spiking every single day. Once we have testing, now keep in mind this, once we have more testing, we are going to see cases go up. That's not a reason to be afraid. That just means now we have more knowledge. Once you have more knowledge, you know, it convinces people who are arrogant, who dismiss this as something that was, you know, man-made or whatever they think to, okay, this is serious. So again, take it seriously. Right now, the question of where it comes from isn't saving lives. The question of taking it seriously and self-isolating and social distancing is. So make sure that, you know, we take care of each other, we take care of our families, and we take care of our communities. Well, Doc, I want to thank you for joining us. Did you ever foresee the day when you'd be this popular? And when, all those nights when you were in the laboratory <laughs> studying away and nobody was around, everybody else was partying and enjoying themselves and going to keg parties, you were doing work and laughs. Did you ever imagine that this day would come when you would be the most popular person uh, in our society? <laughs> Oh, gosh, I wouldn't quite say that I'm the most popular, but I am so blessed 
to be able to take highly technical information and make it understandable to everyday people. That is my mantra, translating the language of science. And so, you know, when I'm around my colleagues and we're speaking very technically and some of us think that we're so learned, you know, to me that doesn't benefit society. There's no point in having all of this knowledge and working all those nights if not if I'm not able to directly touch the lives of people. And when I give you a, you know, a plan or a tip that you can actually put into effect immediately, that's a blessing. That helps me. And so it's so worth it. It is. And, but no, I couldn't have foreseen a Dr. Noreen talks doc back in the day. That was not, you know, why I was in the laboratory. <laughs> that wasn't the, the end I, game. I, huh? and I love it. No, well, it wasn't in the end game. Uh, well, <laughs> I uh, planned it all. And finally, give folks uh, your information again on social media so they can reach out to you on Twitter. I've been following you for Twitter. I think we follow each other on Twitter for quite a yes. while. So. Absolutely. Yeah, forgive me for some of the stuff that I post. But <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Trust me, I've seen some of everything. <laughs> so I am at Dr. Noreen on Twitter and IG, D-R-N-O-R-E-E-N, and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash doctor, spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-N-O-R-E-E-N. My website is Dr. Noreen spelled out, just like it is on Facebook. Um, you can also look up my consulting company, Enviro Health Sciences, where I am the chief toxicologist. And so I do a lot you know, in the community, I also have a book. My number one best-selling bestseller is Talking Toxicology. It's available on Amazon. It's, it explains toxicology for the layperson. We are literally exposed to toxic chemicals and toxins every single day as we breathe, as we eat, as we live. And so I wanted to make it understandable for people. So it's pretty much the first book about What's toxicology. What's the, the name of the book again is... Talking toxicology. Yeah, so what I said was, since we don't have any sports to talk about, I'm going to start Devin Wade Book Club, and I think we just uh -huh. found our first book. <laughs> yes, Talking Toxicology, and it's definitely affected the sports world, and I know people won't be taking it so cavalierly and touching mics and walls and rubbing their face anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like Rudy Gobert, right? What? Oh, my God. Gobert, I hope he recovers, and I hope he comes back and says, hey, I was foolish for doing this. Don't do this, because the, you know, sports figures are definitely influencers of children and the general public. Well, hey, well, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And maybe yeah. uh, if this thing goes on, we'll get you on for a shorter visit. And maybe get your take on the Houston Texans or, or the Astros or something sports-related. Maybe you oh, can come into boy, our yes. world one, one of these days. Absolutely. Talk stocks, talk sports, too. Yes. <laughs> well, hey, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's a, your, The information thank is you. invaluable, and we hope to uh, alter people's lives and uh, get over this as quickly as we can as a, as a uh, world, global community. Yes. Thank you so much. Stay safe, stay healthy, social distance, touchless greetings forever. Want to thank the tox doc, Dr. Noreen Khan Mayberry, for all the information. Now, some here's the deal, and I want you guys to understand why I asked some of the questions that I did. I spend an inordinate amount of time on the Internet and on Twitter, and I see things that people are saying. It's hard for me to really believe that people believe some of the things that they're putting out there, but those things are out there. And I think if we just sort of ignore it and just take for granted that everybody is not going to ingest sort of bad information, rumors, conspiracy theories that, you know, people just ignore that stuff. But there's a large amount of people who 
don't they'll ingest that and they'll take it to be fact so some of the questions i know you saying, well why did he ask that but because there's some real these are things that i've actually heard or seen on social media so we wanted to address that with her and again go to her facebook page i will post it and i will link uh, you can find her on twitter and get to her if you have a a question that i didn't address because we need to get some information out there because this is a very scary time and again like she told me i am in a high risk group right now because of my my recovery from sort of my respiratory stuff still wheezing I'm, i don't have the bronchitis anymore i'm over that but uh it did sort of and i think the allergies in houston are just killing me right now and, and i'm not sneezing a whole lot but there's a lot in sort of nasally and in the chest i you know so i'm a little uh, respiratory compromised right now i don't know uh, but in the end, it doesn't take much because I'm kind of a hypochondriac anyway. So I'm a, I'm afraid of this one until I feel 100%. And then I'll, you know, I'll be out and about again. But with that, let's hear a word from our sponsor and our resident DJ on these in the second half of the show. We're going to do a, a full-fledged, what we do every day or every time we come to you. We're going to do some sports stuff. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, all in the news. We will get into We the People and we'll talk Texans. We'll talk Stefan Diggs. We'll, I mean, so much we can get into. We won't be able to cover it all, but we'll get into a lot of it on the other side. We'll have a Lamont Award. And of course, before I let go, this is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on any platform in which you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple. And it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Sports Talk. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade'sWord. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. 
Welcome, welcome back to the podcast and DJ Anarchy, our resident DJ. If you have music and you want it submitted to us, be sure to email us at music at wagewordproductions.com and we will play a snippet at the halfway point and an entire track at the end of the show. The genre does not matter. We love all music and I think we'll do some music themed shows here coming up. Or And I'm thinking about maybe a, a sommelier or a cigar expert or i don't know i'm i'm it's wide open <laughs> it's wide open because we will i mean although right now free agency and we'll see in just a moment free nfl free agency is fueling the fire and it's keeping us going um, but soon we'll have to come up with something to talk about <laughs> no mini camps no draft yeah, well, I guess the draft is in April. We'll see if that takes place. But right now, man, we don't. We're in uncharted territory. I know that it's an overstatement, or it's overstated. It's said over and over again everywhere you look, but no one knows what to do. Why does Gil Scott Heron said nobody's crying because nobody knows what to say? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I have to get the the lyrics on it. I know I know that song. It's winter in America, but it's it's winter all over the world. Uh, with this coronavirus and uh, we'll get into all of that in our diversion with the world of sports with that let's get into some headlines in headlines at the story of the day of record will be december 7 actually march <laughs> what december march 17th 2020 was the day that tom brady bid adieu to new england and what is significant about that? It's St. Patrick's Day. So not only are you quarantined in the New England region, all of those states up to Massachusetts, uh, Vermont, whatever, Rhode Island, whatever, whoever's up there, all of that stuff up there, you're already going through it with Corona. And now you get to say goodbye to Tom Brady on St. Patty's Day. You can't drink your green beer and you have to say goodbye to Tommy boy. But uh, again, he came out and said he's leaving. And I think I said this for a while. No one wanted to listen to me. Then, oh, he'll be back. He'll be back. Oh, no, 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 no. He's a patriot for life. But you can read it in the tea leaves. You can read the energy. You can hear the rumors. I told the Silver Fox Kevin Allen this was going to happen. And it happened. And Tom Brady is no longer a New England Patriot. They've written there. And, I mean, you know, especially now with no other news, they are going to treat this like a funeral. I mean, it's been 20 years. It's the end of an era. It's, it'll be like Johnny United playing for the Rams. I think, did he play for the rent? No, it was the Chargers. How, this is how he ended his career, right? Not as a Colt. Am I right about that? Old-time football guys. Am I right? I don't know. So let me know about that. But well, I, think, I, I can look that up. But it's no, it's, a, it's no insignificant thing that he says goodbye. The greatest relationship in the history of all sports other than Russell and Arbok. I don't think any other, I don't and no, certainly in football by far. So it's significant that he's saying goodbye. He, how much football does he have left? It seems like some of the magic dust of Tom Brady is leaving with his departure from New England. Now all of a sudden the critics come out. Wait a minute, I've been saying this for a couple years that his performance was on decline. Kevin, no, no, no. I'm telling you, not and they want to blame it on the receivers. I mean, nobody can do it forever. He's did. He's done it better than anybody almost ever for or longer than anybody else. So ever. 
So he's he did his thing. He will probably end up in maybe Tampa. I'm saying the Chargers. I said the Chargers all along, and the pathway is cleared. We know because the Los Angeles Chargers, San Diego, formerly the San Diego Chargers, got rid of Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers today signs a one-year, twenty-five million dollar deal for to uh, start as the signal caller for the Indianapolis Colts. That's huge for the Texans in their division, where you just got rid of your best offense, well, your second best offense player. That's debatable. Over the last five years, clearly the best offensive player that you have in DeAndre Hopkins. We talked about that yesterday. We're going to take some more phone calls in the We the People segment. So you got rid of him, and you added Randall Cobb and a second-round pick. If this was not my team, it'd be – I mean, they're laughing at – they are laughing at the Texans. It's a joke because even, even those who said, well, if they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, they have a plan. Let's see what they let's, – let's see what they end up doing. Well, late last night it was Randall Cobb that was the answer. And I'll get the terms of his deal, but that's it's, – it's horrible. It's, it's no go, good way to look at it. And they said, well, he wanted out. Well, if he wanted out, it was because an environment was created around him in which, A, he couldn't win or felt like he couldn't win, and he didn't like the direction that the ship was sailing. And who is the captain of the ship? Who's the ship builder? It's Bill O'Brien. He's not a Super Bowl caliber coach. He's not a – he's oh, – He's a sausage coach, man. And I don't know what the love affair is with this dude, but the Texans as an organization have always been way too loyal for too long to coaches. You can see it a little bit by being loyal to some of the players with Andre Johnson and I don't know, maybe is that it? Andre Johnson, what J.J. Watt, he's getting his. He's clearly on the downside of his career. So they fall in love with a couple of the players, but they really, Really love the coaches. So, the, in that division, now you have Phillip Rivers. And, and they've made other moves as well after the coach. And we'll, we have time to get more into that. But just going through the headlines, Phillip Rivers is in Indianapolis now as the head uh, quarterback. He's a signal caller. Uh, Drew Brees resigns. Not a surprise there. Two years, $50 million. Teddy Bridgewater. This is a big shakeup as well. Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who was a starter and really was supposed to be a star coming uh, out of college with the Minnesota Vikings, and then he tore his leg up and really almost ended his career, almost ended his ability to walk. I mean, at some point, it was they were worried about if he was going to make it through, I mean, with a beating heart. I mean, it was really that bad. So you root for this guy who lost everything. He had an opportunity. He went to eventually. He ended up in New Orleans as the backup to Drew Brees. Had a great five six games this year, filling in for Drew Brees. And he had an opportunity last year to go and be a starter in Miami. He took a more prudent approach and said, "No, I want a better situation." And today it paid off. Uh, I guess the reports are three years, sixty million dollars. He will take over in Carolina as starting quarterback. And why did they need a starting quarterback? Because they have gotten rid of Cam Newton. They've given Cam Newton permission to seek a trade. And he came out immediately and said, look, I did not ask for this. So with Matt Rule and a new owner in Carolina, they said, no, we're going in a different direction. And they're going with Teddy Bridgewater and the former 2015 MVP Cam Newton will be looking for a team. Now, we can talk about those where those guys fit in and where, but there's still a lot of moving parts. 
What does Tom Brady do? What the what do the Chargers do? Say say Brady goes to Tampa. What do the Chargers do? Do they make a deal for Cam Newton? What if he goes to the Chargers? What does Tampa Bay do at quarterback? Do you stay with Jameis Winston? It seems like Jameis Winston is on his way out. The other thing, Stephon Diggs, uh, last night he got traded. And this really, really, really will piss you off if you're a Houston Texans fan. So it's not that you got rid of. It's not just that you got rid of DeAndre Hopkins for a fourth rounder and a sausage back which David Johnson was not. He was a premier back. But what have you done for me lately? Not a lot. Injury, he's gotten older, didn't fit into Arizona. They didn't want him anyway. So you give away a, you get a second round pick for him, a fourth rounder, you give up a fourth rounder, and you get David Johnson. The 20, let's see, let me, let me get this right. The 40th pick, I want to say it right. The 40th pick, David Johnson, and I think a fourth rounder. They sent a fourth rounder in DeAndre Hopkins. So you get a second rounder and a uh, over the hill or, or a shot fighter at running back in David Johnson. <laughs> so that's not value. And they said, well, he wanted to be out. I don't care. That's not value. We'll make it work. If I have to fake it to make it, if I'm Bill O'Brien, hey, I'm sending flowers to his door. Whatever it is he wants to keep him cool if I can't get what I need in return for his value. So you feel bad about that. And you feel worse when you realize Stefan Diggs, who is not a good receiver. He is not DeAndre Hopkins. He, they traded him to the Buffalo Bills for four picks, including a 2020 first rounder. This is what you got. You had a first rounder for Diggs and you couldn't get one for DeAndre Hopkins. You got four picks. Now, I don't know what all the picks are. Let's see. I know there were... Some I think four, five, and six rounds. I think those were the picks. Could be wrong. Could be a better deal than that. But just off the top of my head, because so many. I mean, as I look right now, DJ Reader is left, and he is not no longer with the Texans. Um, Eagles got a new quarterback. Miami spending a lot of money. A lot of guys. Uh, Amari Cooper got a deal in Dallas. Uh, Byron Jones leaves Dallas. So a lot of moving parts, and we can't get into every one of those. But uh, I'm telling you, man, it is not good what is going on with the Texans. And, but free agency is, is flying. And Jason Witten is now a Las Vegas Raider. So is Marcus Mariota, a Las Vegas Raider. So a lot, of, a lot of moving parts, and we'll get more into those as uh, time will allow in future podcasts because we have a long time before the NFL season. But that's the only show in town with every other sports uh, organization and sport, uh, sporting events all canceled. So uh, we will have a lot of time to talk about the NFL. And I want to get into Dak Prescott being franchised and all of those things. Also, four, four Brooklyn Nets have been diagnosed with the coronavirus. So don't know how that happened. We'll get more information. That's just, I just read it on the ticker, breaking news. The other thing is, uh, in celebrity news, Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, are getting better. And Idris Elba now has Ebola. So with that, let's get into your phone calls. I want to hear from you guys. Time for We the People. We the people. Hey, I, I 
In the We the People segment, I check in with you guys. I check the sports line, the sports talk with Devin Wade. Sports line, 832-941-6614. Get your comments, your questions, whatever you have. Call us any day, any day, anytime, 24 hours a day. And also on the sports talk with Devin Wade page and group, uh, sometimes we read your feedback and your comments. So all of that is going on, uh, and that is the way that we can be interactive. And now some of these calls came in yesterday. I hadn't had a chance to get to. I couldn't get in all of the calls yesterday, so we're going to get in more of those calls right now. Let's see what we have up. All right, so hey, Devin, this is Pernell Harvey talking about the uh, the Hopkins trade. I think it's a terrible trade, and I'm not even a Texans fan. But Bill O'Brien, once again, you tell him go sell a cow and he comes back with magic beans. David Johnson is not going to get it done. This cat stayed hurt when he was with Arizona. He was a great player when he was healthy, but, I mean, but those days are behind him. But here's the thing, though. Even with him making moves like that, look, people are still going to see the games. They're not giving up their season tickets. So, again, he can do whatever he wants to do. But it is a horrible trade. Had I known they were going to do that, should I, look, the Saints should have made an offer. We would have loved to have him down there on the uh, Chappatooza. But it is what it is. But, hey, man, I appreciate you taking my call. Bye. Thanks, Pernell, for checking in. We certainly appreciate it. He talks about him going out to buy a cow and comes back with some magic beans. I guess that's what Randall Cobb is. It's magic beans. <laughs> you know, Pernell didn't get a chance to check in on the Saints. Drew Brees for two more years. $50 million. $25 million a year. You happy about that? I know you have to be disappointed to see Teddy Bridgewater go. But at the same time, he's a guy you root for, and you want him to go out and, and find his own lane because uh, he's a good dude. Uh, by the way, breaking news. Oh, man. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has coronavirus. He was one of the four Brooklyn Nets to have uh, coronavirus. So that's that's happening. DJ Reader is gone. Something else I just saw here. Uh, and we'll Oh, Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander is having groin surgery out six weeks. It may not impact his season. Uh, with, if you know, We don't know when the season will start in baseball. Let's see what we have next on the phone lines. Hey, what's up, Devin? This is EL. Man, I've been trying to wrap my head around this Texans, DeAndre Hopkins deal, and no matter how much I think about it, I just don't get it. Uh, you know, people people talked about John Gruden when he traded Amari, when he traded Khalil Mack. And, I mean, while I didn't agree with the deals, at least he got first-round picks. I just feel like Bill O'Brien's the anti-general manager. Instead of selling high and buying low, he buys high and sells low. I, I mean, second-round picks for... DeAndre Hopkins, who in my opinion is the best wide receiver in the league. I think everybody would at least agree he's top three. He comes in clutch when we need him. He has no off-the-field issues, and I think that's underappreciated because he's the number one wide receiver that has no diva in him. And you trade him for a second-round pick, I don't get it. And, I mean, I get Khalil Mack is, you know, proven to be way better commodity than Jadavion Clowney was. But David Alconi was still talented, and he was drafted ahead of Khalil Mack. I just feel like defensive linemen are at a premium. You could have got more for him. Man, if I'm a general manager, I'm hitting up Bill O'Brien, trying to get anything off of him that I can because he just doesn't seem to understand how to negotiate a good deal. As far as the Arizona Cardinals, man, y'all got a great player. They offloaded David Johnson's contract, which was like – 
11 something million, which is expensive for a running back that hasn't produced in three years, is pushing 27. You know, and once you hit that 30 for running back, you're almost through. And, you know, they're, they're able to pair him with Kyler Murray, and they still kept Kenyon Drake. And people are sleeping on uh, Chase Edmonds, but Chase Edmonds isn't a bad backup. And it's on some teams could be a starter um, if he's able to stay healthy. I just think the Cardinals won that deal through and through. Not to mention they have a high first-round draft pick so they can go and get their linemen. Man, if I'm, a, uh, if I'm the Texans, there's no way to salvage the situation. If I'm the Texans, I'm, I'm going out and trying to get Robbie Anderson. Uh, that can really add some speed to your team, um, help take some of the pressure off full. And, uh, you know, Robbie Anderson's face double coverage and – uh, with a far less talented quarterback, so I'm down to see what he has in him. Let's go get Sammy Watkins if we can, and definitely if Chase Claypool or one of those uh, wide receivers are there in the second round, man, let's go get him. But man, I'm I'm so over Bill O'Brien. Other than that, I'm just waiting until they finally realize this dude doesn't know what he's doing. Thanks, Yale, for the phone call. A couple things uh, about uh, the fans. Now, he sounds like a, a true blue. He's going to ride it out. He's still looking for solutions. But the solution won't come until you make a change with leadership in that organization. And, you, and you, people in Washington and, and other places look at Houston fans like, what are you whining for? You win divisions, you go to the playoffs. That's almost even more frustrating because even, no matter what you do, you know ultimately you're not competitive. And after what happened last year in the playoffs, or earlier this year versus Kansas City, how do you rev up and have hope? And now your best offensive player, one of the best players in the NFL at his position is gone, and you replace him with Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb had 55 catches last year. He was the third leading receiver on the Cowboys. He had 828 yards and three touchdowns. Now, his best year, <laughs> now this is a recurring thing. You get David Johnson, whose best year was 2016. You would have to go back to 2014 for Randall Cobb's best year. 91 receptions. Almost 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. He was a beast then. But in the last two years, he's missed, oh, what, eight games? Eight games the last two seasons. He had 383 yards last year, 828 this year. He was the third leading receiver on the Cowboys. Now, he would have been the second leading receiver for the Texans, but uh, he's not a number one. You don't have a number one. And you th you're going to draft a rookie to be your number one at the 40th pick? The state of wide receiver position is deep in this year's NFL draft. I I'm not, I don't know. It's hard to put those sorts of expectations on a rookie coming in the second round. Not to mention other holes you have on the team. Other thing, and Pernell talked about this a little bit, you talk a little bit about why the fans keep coming. Well, you had those PSLs. Somebody else mentioned that. You pay, you see, they, they get you. They've gotten you because you have to buy the personal seat licenses. The personal seat licenses allow you to keep buying the season tickets. So if you spend all the money, you know, whatever number of thousands of dollars you spent for a personal seat license, you're certainly going to renew those season tickets. And I'll tell you why. Because you can maintain those season tickets year after year once you have the seat license. If you let that expire, they'll resell the seat license, which is the most ridiculous hustle that I'm so surprised NFL fans fell for. But the demand was so great, and it still is so great that they can get people to do what they want to do. But even if you buy and renew those season tickets, you can sell two or three games 
and make most of your money back or, or some of your money back. So it, it doesn't end up being that bad annually. And then some people just love pro football and some people just love the team despite the leadership. Let's see what's up, uh, what's next on the phone call. Okay, seriously, by the by, this is Errol. I want to find out what is going on over there at on Fannin Street because evidently Bill O'Brien either has lost his mind or the ownership really needs to um, buck up on this thing because I think something is definitely wrong over there. This man, the general manager and a coach who couldn't even read a clock, couldn't handle clock management or anything, has complete control over the football team. Well, there used to be a show on television called Run For Your Life, and that's what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson. He's going to be David Card. I'm out. Thanks, Errol, for the phone call. I certainly appreciate you checking in. You know, it's pretty much unanimous. No one likes this trade. No one really understands this trade. And these calls, I think most of those calls were made before the announcement that Randall Cobb was the quasi-replacement. Now, I know that they may not say that he's the replacement, but you lose a receiver and you add a receiver the same night. It seems sort of reactionary to make a move that quick on a guy like Randall Cobb. You need a number one. And, and and I know that you say, oh, that's an overemphasized position. But if you look at it, yeah, I get it. Okay, Julio Jones didn't make the playoffs. A.J. Green, they don't do well. Some of the big-name receivers, uh, Michael Thomas didn't go to the Super Bowl. But Tyreek Hill did. And what was the thing that they kept saying about the New England Patriots? Oh, man, Tom Brady had no help. No help. So, uh, I mean, yeah, you could say that it's an overvalued position. But it makes life easier, a lot easier for a lot of guys on the offensive side of the football to have a guy that can bust it wide open. And and really, uh, Tariq Hill, the play he made, really saved the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, and, and he, I mean, he just they got him active and he got going. So you you need a number one. But put it like this: if you're not gonna have a number one receiver, you better have a number one something. And you don't have that uh, other than, of course, you have Deshaun Watson. But, again, he's going to need help, especially with this coach and this uh, coaching staff. Let's see what's next up, the final call of this podcast. Uh, yes, uh, this is this is Paul. I was just uh, calling to uh, leave my comment on the uh, trade that took place to then uh, hop to Arizona. It really don't make any sense at all. We're, you know, with uh, Coach Bill O'Brien now, we're just continually to be set back, you know, year after year after year. Then you kind of see yourself coming out of a hole, but with this coach and GM now that we have, instead of pushing us back in the hole, we're never going to see in the daylight with this coach. And to give up D hop, that's a bad, that's a bad move. But I just wanted to relay that on your. Uh, on your comment line and uh, once again man it's, it's a major setback I hate to see him go and I know that Sean Watson hate to see him go Thank you, Paul, for the phone call. You know what? A lot of people are feeling bad for Deshaun Watson. I hadn't heard him say anything yet, and likely he won't. But at some point, he has to feel like, wow, you, you're doing me. This, this is what you do to me? You say you love me, and then you do me like this, Bill O'Brien? Well, hey, you know what? It's with all of this foolishness from the Houston Texans, it calls to mind just one thing. It's time for 
the Lamar Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. Now, the Lamont Award goes to the person, entity, team, situation in and around sports and beyond now. With the coronavirus and the lack of sports dummies, uh, it goes to the big dummy of the podcast. And the Lamont Award is a really valued thing in recognizing the stupidity of others. Now, let me say this. I have been trolling really, really bad Bill O'Brien. I've been retweeting all of the the hilarious, fun tweets about his buffoonery. And I've made and created a couple of my own. So if you haven't followed me on Twitter, you might want to do that at Wade's Word. I know as a sports journalist, which I'm not really, I'm, I'm a talk show host now. I don't write anymore, although I'm looking to write again. But I'll say this, I should not be doing that. But yeah, I, I can and I will. And I, this is the way I, I, I vent. I, I sort of use my humor to vent. So I'm not going to give him the Lamont Award. He's he's a, a Hall of Famer. He's a Lamont Hall of Famer. Instead, I'm going to give it to that ultimate daddy's boy in the city of Houston, Cal McNair. Cal McNair inherited the team from the late Bob McNair. And you thought, okay, maybe this is a change. Maybe this is a turn. Maybe this team will turn a corner and really try hard to win and those sort of uh, speculations and that anticipation was quickly squashed with a big old bucket of ice water because Cal McNair is doing much more of the same if not worse ever since the Kansas City game everybody's like okay he is he may drop the hammer on Bill O'Brien but what does he do instead (laughs) he names him the general manager he names in the general manager, which he was already already the quasi-general manager anyway. I mean, you just clearly are defining his power within the organization. That was tremendously demoralizing, an affirmation for those feelings. Those negative feelings came in the form of the trade of DeAndre Hopkins. He has all the confidence in the world of Bill O'Brien. After all, I guess the checks are already cashed. He has his money, so it doesn't matter what we, the fans, or we Houstonians think about this organization and what they do. He knows we'll keep coming. And I guess ultimately that makes a lot of us the the Lamont Award recipient. But because he believes so much in the buffoonery of Bill O'Brien, not only as a coach, if you want to keep him as a coach, you can make a case for that. But to promote him and give him even more power, and really you're not promoting him, you're really defining what he was, but to allow him to continue to have that kind of authority within that organization, that makes you Cal McNair, daddy's boy, a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> now again, hey, you know what? I get it. You know, you're trying to fill the shoes of, of Paul Paul, but whatever. <laughs> but what the the problem is, you have to make a statement and let us know that you are in it for the win. One thing you said about Jerry Jones, he. He feels around in the dark, but he is trying to win. There's no doubt about that. Other organizations, you can see it. You don't get that sense here. You do not get a sense that the McNairs have that urgency to try to win the Super Bowl. And, again, when that happens, you just have to give them a Lamont Award. With that, before I let go. Before I let go. 
Before I let go, hey, I want to thank you guys. I've been coming to you every day. That's a lot of content. And if you guys take time out to listen and you enjoy it, we'll keep doing it. I want to thank the Tox Doc, Dr. Noreen Khan Mayberry, for that valuable, valuable information in the first half of the show. If you have any questions, hit me up. Hit her up on Twitter. And, of course, uh, all that information is at the end of her interview. But, again, I want to do what I can to help you guys. We have more great shows coming up for you. Remember, the sports line, 713-31. Let's see. Check that. No, not 71. That's the KTSU number I'm trying to give out. 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. And, of course, the wagewordproductions.com website so you can subscribe to the email list and, of course, uh, everything else on that site, wagewordproductions.com. And, of course, on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And as always, have a great day and remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.